There's a house on the shore of Cedar Creek Lake that my father-in-law built from the ground up. We go out there pretty regularly, usually the family as a whole, at least back in pre-pandemic times. We'd get out there for different holiday weekends as a group, 4th of July, Labor Day. But sometimes, my wife and I would get a chance to go out there on our own. Now, my wife and I both love to read, and we both love scary stuff. So one thing we used to do together a lot is that I would read out loud from whatever horror book I was reading, and she would listen so she could enjoy the story with me. And it's even more fun to read scary stuff there. You're in a cabin, you're in the woods, you're by the lake, and the area is surrounded by trees, and it's never entirely quiet there. Crickets, animals moving around outside, forest sounds, lake sounds. Oh, this makes reading horror so much fun. Now, I don't remember what exactly we were reading that night, but I remember we were quite scared. In that very fun way, of course. At least we were. Until we heard a sound. That was not an outside sound. It was something in the house. I stopped reading. I froze for a second. Dismissed it. Started reading again. But then it came again. I stopped reading again. We looked at each other. I said, that must be the microwave or something. And I'll go check it out. So I left the nice warm comfort of the room, went into the dark, and started to head downstairs, turning on every light switch I passed, by the way. Then when I got to the kitchen, I froze, staring at that microwave. Yes, the beep sounded like they had come from it. But what I didn't expect was to see the display filled with the number six over and over and over. I stood there a few moments, perfectly still. Little ball of fear, right there in my stomach. Then, feeling I needed to do something, I stepped forward, and I hit clear. The display once again showed zero. I looked a moment. No change. I turned and started walking away. Then I froze mid-step. After a moment, I remembered to start breathing again. I turned around, knowing already what I was going to see. Six. 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 Well, that was enough. I rushed over and unplugged it. Part of me was afraid that it would start doing it again, but it didn't. I went back upstairs, told Julie what happened. We didn't read any more that night. Now, could this have just been a fault in the microwave? Probably. Could it have been a coincidence that it happened to do that while we were reading a scary book? Maybe. Did we throw that microwave into a dumpster on our way home the next day? Absolutely. 
I'm Albie Robles, and I want you to scare me. Our guest today is Hiro Kanagawa, who is one of my favorite character actors. He's been in The X-Files, he's been in Supernatural, Smallville, The Magicians. The list goes on and on. Obviously, Hero has dealt a lot with the supernatural in the different roles he's played. But today, he's here to talk to us about an experience of his own. Keep an eye out for him in the upcoming film, Dreamland, as well as a short film he recently starred in, The Tailor. Hi, this is Hiro Kanagawa, uh, actor and playwright. You may know me from various shows like Netflix, Altered Carbon, iZombie. You know, I, I, I recall when I was a kid, I was a big Stephen King fan for sure. You know, um, I'm not the biggest fan of horror movies. I must yeah. say, I think I've certainly appreciated Japanese horror and, you know, but I would, in my, in my mind, Alien is the scariest horror movie of all time. I mean, it's, you know, it's a hybrid because it's set in space. So it's a science fiction horror hybrid to some extent but that's one of the scariest movies i've ever seen i would have to say um i think i tend more toward the psychological horror you know i mean parasite to me was uh very disturbing and terrifying even though you wouldn't necessarily call it a horror film uh just the psychological horror is what uh you know, I appreciate more than, shall we say, chainsaws and gore, you know. And I think, you know, when we talk about horror, the thing that I appreciate is what I would call a spirit of transgression. Uh, when I'm made to feel like I'm watching something I shouldn't be watching, I'm experiencing something I shouldn't be. When there is a, when my, when I'm shaken to the core with, with a real sense of, um, darkness, a real sense of evil, um, I think that I appreciate more than, than, um, you know, again, kind of the superficial blood and guts. Well, I was born in Japan. I was born, uh, in Sapporo on the island of Hokkaido and uh my parents are both from there and my uncle has a big farm uh i mean it's agribusiness level right it's just near uh Chitose airport which is the airport which serves Sapporo and uh you know he has at its in his in his heyday he had about 800 dairy cattle and then he had a separate farm with uh equal number of pigs and then he had you know acres and acres of uh land around there he also even has a um a family fun farm like kind of like a theme park petting zoo kind of a ranch on the side of a mountain so uh it's a big operation and when i was in high school um yeah we had a a ghost experience it was a one-time event i'll tell you what happened i went to a boarding school in tokyo hokkaido 
is the Northern Island, which is about 800 miles north. So on holidays, I would obviously come home. And then uh, instead of staying with my parents in the city, I, I would uh, stay with my cousins on the farm. It was just more comfortable for me. You know, there's more space and my cousins were around. We're all about the same age. We're like brothers, you know. So uh, spring break, I was 17. I'm home for uh, for spring break. And one thing to understand is that in Japan, the school year ends in March. Okay. The new school year starts in April. And in March, the school year ends and you, you know, if you're graduating, you graduate in March or whatever, you know, uh, or if you're, if you're in grade nine, grade nine ends in March. And then starting in April, you'll be in grade 10. So I'm on the main farm, the main dairy farm with my cousins. And two farms over is the pig farm. Now, the foreman of the pig farm, he was driving one morning to his son's graduation. His son was graduating from high school. He was driving to his son's graduation. And it's believed he fell asleep at the wheel. Or for whatever reason, his car drifted over the center line and collided with an oncoming truck. And he was killed. So soon after that, his ghost began appearing at his sister's house. And it would do classic poltergeist activity. You know, while she was sleeping, it would rip the covers off of her. It would slam doors, rattle dishes, you know, all those kind of things that we classically associate with poltergeist. So uh, the dead man's sister, obviously very frightened and bewildered, she went to seek a spiritual medium. Now, in Japan, there are a lot of, there's an old tradition of uh, these women. Uh, in the old days, if a girl was blind, she, she would be recruited into this uh, line of work, you know, and she would be trained to become a spiritual medium. It's not completely that way anymore. But anyway, she sought out a spiritual medium. And as you can imagine, these women, um, you know, they, they go through some kind of ritual, be it Buddhist or Shinto, and they go into a trance state and they communicate with the spirit that has passed. And what the medium told her was that the ghost was returning, was not resting in peace because it was worried about his father. And all of this turned out to be true. The fact was, was that the foreman of the pig farm, he had been caring for his elderly father. But upon the death, you know, of this man in, in the car accident, the rest of the family decided that they, you know, they didn't want to take on the burden of caring for the father. They were going to put the father in a home. Right? The father didn't want to go, and he disappeared. He ran off. And this is an elderly man in his uh, late 80s. No one knew where he was. And the, what the medium said was, this is why the ghost is returning. The ghost is worried about his father. 
if you want to stop this activity, if you want this spirit to rest in peace, you have to locate the father and you have to promise to the spirit that you will care for the father. Now, while this is going on, while this was going on, my cousins and I are on the main farm. You know, we've heard that this is going on. The dead man's dog, right? After that man had died, the dead man's dog had been brought over to the main farm where we were. Oh, this has been, I guess uh, the man had been, he had passed away about not even two weeks when I was, was up there for spring break, right? So the dead man's dog was here on the main farm. And in addition, there were 18 other dogs. I remember I told you my uncle had like this family farm, you know, petting zoo kind of situation. So he had two of each kind of like various working dogs from all over the world, right? There'd be like two St. Bernards and two Collies and two Sheepdogs and two of this and two of that, right? Well, so this petting zoo family fun farm thing was closed during the winter. So all those dogs were also living with us on the main farm, okay? And my cousins and I, you know, because we were all in high school, we'd stay up until, you know, 2, 3 in the morning playing mahjong and, you know, goofing around. And this is <laughs> still giving me chills to think about this. But every night, like around 3, 3.30 in the morning, the dead man's dog would go berserk. It would start running around in circles, gnashing, you know, right? Just completely out of its mind. None of the other dogs made a peep. It's just this dead man's dog would just go completely out of its mind, running around in circles and just, you know, and that was one of the, uh, you know, I still get chills thinking about it. And if you can imagine, you know, you're on his farm and I mean, I felt like, you know, like when you're like five years old and you're afraid to go into the bathroom or you're afraid to close your eyes when you're washing your hair, you know, or you're afraid to look in a mirror in case of what you might see. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's exactly how I felt during that time. Um, but how it got resolved is that the family did, they located the dead man's father. You know, they asked around and they found him. He was staying with a friend, right? And they found him and they brought him home. And then they went to the temple and they prom they had a ceremony and they promised to the spirit that they were, they were going to look after the father and not send him to a phone, to a home. And then it stopped. That was, that was the end of the poltergeist experience. But that's something that, that really happened, uh, you know, in my family. This summer I did write, um, a little, uh, radio drama that was kind of inspired by, uh, J horror. Um, but, uh, no, I haven't, I haven't tapped into this, this story. In fact, I haven't tapped into a lot of family stories. Um, I guess part of it is because my parents are still alive and, 
you know, there's a bit of a deference to the uh, elders that, uh, you know, I feel coming from that culture. Do you want to try to scare me? If you've had or have heard about a paranormal experience you'd like to share, or if the area you live in has a particularly scary legend or lore, I want to hear it. Send an email to scareme at albirobelesvoice.com. Scare Me is produced by Albie Robles Voice and features original music by Adam Clifton. For voiceover booking information or to inquire about having your own podcast produced, go to www.albirobelesvoice.com.